This is Proxy Countdown. Welcome to the big show for the week of February 26th, 2024. Alongside my tag team partner, Matt Muscardi, I'm Damian Rollis on today's countdown. A clue that Warren Buffett is finally stepping down at Berkshire? An Altria director retires and gets promoted on the same day? A Norfolk Southern director becomes a doctor and a safety expert overnight. Much ado about nothing much at the Apple vote and on the big vote, Hologic, the Victoria's Secret of Medical Devices. Let's start on our trade wire. After less than two years of board service, Jacinto Hernandez is stepping down from the board at Ultra Group in connection with his quote-unquote retirement, that's the words uh, that the company that they used, use, yeah. Hernandez will provide strategic advisory services to Altria for a period of five years, and Altria will pay him an annual consulting fee of $300,000. I've never seen that one before. I would retire every day. Atmospheric scientist Dr. Susan Avery is stepping down from the board at ExxonMobil. Is anyone shocked by that? It's not good news for anybody. Okay, and here's the clue about Warren Buffett. Greg Abel is stepping down from the board at the Kraft Heinz Company. Does this mean that Warren is finally ready to pass the crown to Greg at Berkshire? It could be. It could be a clue that he needs more time. Uh, you're going to say you were right either way. So, Tapestry has found two random dudes to help it sell products to women. Cisco CEO Kevin Hurricane and Bristol Myers Squibb CFO David Elkins. United Airlines has appointed Roz Brewer to its board. She was recently CEO at Walgreens after being COO at Starbucks. And in a bit of foreshadowing, let's end on Carl Icahn. Uh, just weeks after Carl Icahn secured two seats on the board of American Electric Power, American Electric Power, excuse me, he promptly fired CEO Julie Sloat, whose tenure lasted less than 14 months. She will be replaced on an interim basis by Benjamin Falk III. Uh, he's the former CEO chair of Xcel Energy. He's already on the board of American Electric, and he will receive... Uh, a golden hello package worth roughly $8 million. And if he's still in that interim board seat on August 26th, he gets another $1 million. That's what's going on at a Carl Icahn uh, controlled company. And again, that's foreshadowing to our report on Hologic. Okay? Keep that in mind. I got it. Let's move on. Let's move on to the proxy cage matches. The proxy were a Disney stays hot. Black, a lot of Blackwells this week. Blackwells wants AI. It's relentlessly attacking Nelson Peltz, and it's posting a bunch of AI-generated photos and memes. There's over 120 filings this year alone just from this proxy war. Moving over to Norfolk Southern. This is a good one. Norfolk Southern versus Ankara, where Ankara wants to replace the CEO, COO, and basically the entire board. Okay, this week... Norfolk released a preliminary proxy statement where it highlighted safety improvements. Uh, one of the ways it highlighted this is by reporting that it has, quote, increased safety committee meeting cadence 
to enhance oversight of key safety initiatives. That, does that just Sorry mean for the met more? Was that, has that <laughs> met a couple more times? But here's what's most noteworthy. Uh, it Norfolk Southern is uh, reporting an updated, it's a self-reported skills mat- mat- matrix. It's uh, updated from last year. Most notably, the skill called environmental and safety from 2023 has been renamed to safety. So before, it was a thorough understanding of safety and environmental issues. And now, uh, it is a deep understanding of safety process, including the transportation of industrial space or board or executive responsibility for oversight of safety metric compliance. Okay, so here's the incredible part. The new safety committee chair is a man named Chris Jones, Matt. He did not have a check mark next to his name for the environmental and safety skill in 2023. But now he suddenly has a check mark next to his name for safety in 2024, and it gets worse. While his bio includes no mention of the word safety in 2023, and it referred to him as Mr. Jones. Flash forward to today, in 2024, his bio now suddenly refers to him as Dr. Jones. Mm. Seven times they call him Dr. Jones with no reference to his educational background. Nothing. We don't know why he's a doctor. And Matt, it mentions the word safety in his bio 15 times, <laughs> including eight times in the first three sentences, which is basically 2.7 uh, safeties per sentence. So this is just an incredible turnaround for for I don't know what I call it, Dr. Jones. I, this is just incredible. Right? I, I don't know. We've seen, never seen anything like this. No, I don't know how to feel. Whether Safety to feel washing. That the skills matrix in and of itself, because on the show we've talked about skills matrices in the past, whether these are just gaslights, right? Like hope, we just or, or fraud. This could be fraud. I mean, it feels like fraud to me, but like uh, at, at best it's a gaslight. At worst, it's fraud. But Norfolk Southern is the Gregory Anton of gaslighting. This is a master class in rearranging the chairs on train 32N that derailed in Ohio. This is really unbelievable levels of make-believe and fiction with no explanation, and they don't have to. And yet, Ancora has got a slate up because of this. I mean, it has to be largely because this is just a joke. <sighs> I, you know, I thought that the new check mark in the skills metrics was enough. I mean, I thought, you know, that kind of giggled at that. But when I saw... The amount of the, the amount of times it used the word safety, and the fact that a Mister became a doctor, I, I, I was floored. That's Absolutely next floored. level. Uh, moving over to our vote results table. The vote is in at Apple. Shareholders are happy, I suppose. All directors received the support of at least ninety-four percent of the vote. Yeah, except that there was a support elsewhere, right? Um, director votes are basically now stay on TSR because Apple, we covered Apple on this show. We talked about the future of Apple is going to be AI and and augmented reality, and not a single board member is capable of sort of de- designing guardrails around that. But TSR trumps everything. Yesterday's TSR basically trumps the future of the company based on these votes. Uh, moving over to say on pay at Apple, shareholders are slightly more disgruntled. 8% said no, but that's not really that notable. And finally, regarding shareholder proposals, there were three 
anti-woke proposals at Apple this year. All three failed miserably, um, to no one's surprise, all under 2%. So let's move over to the two shiller proposals that actually did well. Uh, Arjuna's Capital... Arjuna Capital's proposal asking for a report on racial and gender pay gaps received the support of 31% of voters. And an AFL-CIO proposal asking for a report on the use of AI received the support of 36% of voters. So when we adjust the vote to eliminate the management-friendly shares of Vanguard, BlackRock, and Warren Buffett, the data actually shows that 48% of Apple voters supported Arjuna Capital's proposal and 56%, a clear majority, uh, voted to approve a report on the use of AI. But this so, is the confusing hypocrisy. 50 56% of non-BlackRock, non-Warren Buffett investors are worried about AI. None of those investors think to replace board members with board members whose skills include managing AI responsibly. That doesn't make any sense. Actually, the suggestion is that investors have no way to evaluate the skills and talent on these boards. And How dare they, you? They can evaluate shareholder data. proposals. And this show. Yeah, this show is the only way. Hire us as consultants. Use our data. Listen to our shows. And lastly, at Raymond James Financial, uh, while all directors were reelected with ease, 17% of the vote said no on Sam Pay. Again, to your point, Matt, they... They do find some areas to get upset about, but they, they never, uh, very rarely do they target that. At I just the think the proxy advisors that everyone's using, if you're using ISS and Glass Lois, they're not evaluating directors except in special situations or by sort of rote algorithm. Very obvious situations. I yeah. mean, the only, there's no other way to, dis, to, to, to explain why you'd have votes against pay but not against the directors who set pay or votes for a report on AI but not votes for directors or re board refreshment with directors who have AI experience. It makes no sense. Let's move over to the big vote. The big vote this week is Hologic, a Massachusetts-based medical devices company for medical devices for women. The vote is coming up on March 7th, 2024. Uh, a few general observations. This is very much a company controlled by its CEO and chair, uh, Stephen McMillan. Stephen McMillan came in to the company because of Carl Icahn. Carl Icahn uh, acquired 13% of Hologic shares in, in 2013, I believe. And he found, uh, uh, he added two directors and he added Stephen McMillan, um, which was noteworthy at the time because Stephen McMillan had just been fired uh, at Stryker, uh, another company in the medical field. Um, he re originally resigned for family reasons, uh, but then it, w it turned out that the he was basically let go because he had a relationship with uh, with Jennifer Koch, who worked as a flight attendant on Stryker's corporate jet fleet. And what's interesting here, Matt, is that it was actually, we talk about influence all the time. We talk about these family connections and connections. It was actually, it was reported by the Wall Street Journal, I believe. It was actually the granddaughter of the company's founder, Rhonda Stryker, who was the biggest individual shareholder at the time, who was most upset that the CEO was having an affair with an employee. Um, it, also, I will add at the time, Stephen McMillan's wife, Amy McMillan, 
uh, was a director at a catering company that made $500,000 in services from Stryker at the same time. So all this was going on at Stryker, which is part of the reason why he was let go. So it's it's going to be no surprise that what's happening at Hologic, knowing who Carl Icahn found to run the company. Uh, the, the main takeaways I have here is that, first of all, this is we always look at the performance of these companies according to our matrix. This is uh, uh, Hologic actually performs quite well overall, hitting 731. But I will say this is the first company that I've seen and of all the companies that we've covered where one director underperforms in every category, and that's mm. Amy Wendell. She is the outlier in performance in every single category that we cover. And the other takeaway before I hand it over to you, Matt, to, to give, give us your assessment of the board is that this is a just a heavily connected and intertwined yeah. board. It's just it, it overlaps in so many ways. Starting with St- CEO Stephen McMillan, he spent eleven years at Johnson Johnson with another director, Ludwig uh, Hansen. He's connected to two executives through Stryker. He's connected to another director, Charles Dockendorf, through Boston Scientific. Uh, the the lead independent director has been there for two decades, and her stepson works at the company. And Amy Wendell, who I just mentioned, who is an underperformer, she's connected to everybody. She's connected to general counsel John Griffin because they sit together on this board called Poor Cristo. She's connected to Charles Dockendorf through Covidian and Tyco. And she's also connected to Ludwig Hansen uh, through Baxter. She's also connected to the chair of the pay committee, Scott Garrett through Baxter. Blah, 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 blah. I know I'm droning on, but this board is just... Heavily intertwined. Like, in I think that's half the story. Ways. I'm, I'm going to yeah. back up slightly and just give some like stats on the company itself. So the business model for for Hologic is it's a women's health device company. They do uh, breast cancer, mammogram devices, gynecology, skeletal body composition uh, or skeletal density body composition. Um, and uh, th- their biggest, most recent sort of uh, release was a was an implant called Biosorb, which you actually implant into a breast and mark a place where you have to remove tissue later. They um, they've actually increased their R and D spending over the last three years from 4.9 percent in uh, of revenue in 2021 to 7.3 in 2023. Um, their major competitors are all these other health. Uh, device companies. It's, you know, we covered Beckton here, but Baxton, Intuitive Surgery, their stock, one of the biggest stories, I think, if you're an investor, if you're just looking at the, these kind of numbers, their stock is underperformed. Year to date, they're um, actually over the last year to date, one year, two year, and five year, they're underperforming the S&P 500, sometimes by substantial amounts. In the, uh, the last year, they lost 4.6%, where S&P was up 31%. So there are there's a clear case here for underperformance. So you already are probably upset at this company and maybe at its board. Um, analysts seem to think they're a bit mixed. Uh, a third of them say uh, it's a, str- a buy, uh, our strong buy. A third say it's just a buy, and 26% say a hold. They, but they, suggest, all, they all agree it's all, overvalued. It's an overvalued does, stock. 
Does that much uh, saying it's a buy suggest that the price is under? It's underpriced. It's I mean, right now low? they're saying it's overvalued because it's a it's trading at a thirty five PE. Um, I, I will say this, yeah. Before you move on, is that this is clearly another instance where Carl Icahn was coming in for short term gain. He got thirteen percent of shares. He put in a CEO uh, and focused uh, him purely on on not only reforming the company, but to focus purely on sales in the short term. And in fact, his pay metrics reflected that. Carl Icahn, the, the stock price went up and Carl Icahn completely abandoned the company. So yeah, well, it's no surprise that the comp- that the stock has basically been flat since then because when Carl Icahn takes over these companies, he's really in it for himself or for, I guess, people who are in it for short-term kind of casino things, right? Well, there's more to that story, the aftermath. But let's go back to the ICAM piece and then we'll, mm-hmm. we'll kind of hit more of the stats. Th- this is actually a case study in how Carl Icahn actually destroys a company. This is if you want to know how activists don't work, then read the history of Hologic. In 2012, um, uh, as you mentioned, McMillan is forced out of the CEO CEO role at Stryker. In the interim, before he joins Hologic, he actually joins a startup that basically makes bug spray, and that startup is shut down by the EPA. And now yeah, it's like, worth yeah. mentioning here that McMillan has no medical background. He is an right. econ major, an MBA. He's he a, a finance sales guy. background. He's a sales, sales guy. He's a sales. Mm-hmm. He's a sales guy. He does it very, very well. Okay. And he gets fired for uh, uh, illicit affairs. Yeah. So, uh, so this isn't somebody who's creating stuff. This is somebody who's selling stuff, and he's not mm-hmm. bad at that job. But I can't take his stake in Whole Logic in 2013, at the end of 2013, and instills two. I, um, people from ICANN Enterprises on the board, the mm-hmm. CEO, and basically asks for the entire executive team to be recycled. And so right. over the next year to two years, that executive team turns over. And in, in the first full year post ICANN, um, revenue is up. Like they are increasing their sales. They they actually replace all of these um, executives. The executive team was about 50% medical, bioengineering, uh, electrical engineering, replaced all, almost entirely with sales, almost entirely as, with sales. As you would if you're incentivizing your executives to, to get their bonuses from sales and, and if you want a short-term shock stock price gain, right? So you can get rid of your shares. I mean, that's that's what you would do, right? It, uh, which is what exa- exactly what happens. We see mm-hmm. that the largest um, markup, uh, the largest expense um, increase is in sales and marketing, which has a 9% increase over the time ICANN owns it, where everything else is relatively flat or steady. Um, and ICANN exits in 2016, mm-hmm. March of 2016, he says, quote, Hologic is the quintessential example of activism at its best. We commend Steve McMillan for a job well done. He says that because it was 100.5% return versus the S&P's 19.7% return. ICANN yeah. got his money. There is no doubt. And he sh- yeah, he should have told other shareholders to, to sell too on that day. Well, not only did ICANN get his money, but McMillan got his money. In his last oh, yeah. three years at Stryker, McMillan's total reported accrued reported income was $19.1 million. In his ICANN years at Whole Logic, his reported income was $46.6 million, more than double. And this is a man who was fired from his job for yeah. having effectively an affair and pissing off not only the board, but the founder's granddaughter at the company where he was the yeah. CEO. 
You know, part of the reporting by the Wall Street Journal is not not just the affair that led to him being fired, but but that his communication with the board was it was to to put it lightly, to put it nicely, I should say, was inconsistent, meaning that he was bullshitting pretty regularly with the board. So, you know, this this is it's not just the affair that let him go. I mean, basically, he had a bad relationship with board members. He lied. So. You know, so here's what I can did. He came in, okay. he turns over the board, he turns over the executive team, and he replaces what was a medical device company with people women. from all backgrounds. Devices for women. Um, in fact, in, before ICANN joined, the named executive officers were a PhD, a PhD, an electrical engineer, electrical engineer, and an MBA. Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. And after he leaves, he exits. It was a PhD and five marketing executives, five yeah. marketing MBA or lawyers, right? Like the the whole team is basically sell at all costs. But the Which cost is great for again, great for short term exactly, growth. Exactly. Yeah, the ahead. cost of that, this is yeah. still to this day, the reason why this is pertinent, a marketing at all costs team. In fact, the current NEOs, there are more college four-year college football players. There's three of them than people with marketing background, and people with marketing mm-hmm. backgrounds than PhDs. There's only one named executive officer with a PhD, and it's a woman, and she was acquired. She wasn't mm-hmm. hired and promoted from within. She was part of an acquisition, and that's how she got her position. In fact, the most egregious of these on the executive team, and we're not even talking about the board, to me is Eric Anderson, who played four years at Iowa State football, that he put that in his bio while, right. quote-unquote, getting a marketing degree. Because Iowa State is a massive program. If you are a football fan, <laughs> yeah, this getting is, a marketing degree. Uh-huh. Th- there is no degree getting at these colleges, right? Like you barely have time to do anything except play football. He started at Hologic in 2014 as a regional salesman and is now division president for breast and skeletal health. Yeah, because it, because you know how he how he got to Hologic, he knew. CEO Stephen McMillan from Stryker. That's correct. He started yes. his career right uh, like at, at Stryker. Um, and, and this is where the whole thing falls apart. When you put your team together this way, you don't have innovation anymore. These aren't people who are designed mm-hmm. to, like with the customer in mind. They are designed to sell and sell anything. It doesn't yeah. matter what that thing is. In fact, McMillan's latest strategy since I can left, he's done mm-hmm. two major things, two major pushes. It was launch the Women's Health Index and sponsor the Women's Tennis Association, like the a marketing strategy. Put my name, uh like whole logic name on stuff of like designed for women. Yeah. And he did the second thing, which is to buy a company called Sinosure. Uh-huh. The company Sinosher focuses on um, medical aesthetics. They basically okay. took a company in Whole Logic that made medical devices to help women going through and their health needs, basic women's health, like mammograms, skeletal mm-hmm. bone density for osteoporosis. And he tried to pivot it to microneedling, facial dermatitis, and something called vaginal rejuvenation. Elective cosmetic type of surgery. In which you are doing procedures to quote unquote, and I'm not making this up, tighten Mm -hmm. the vagina and make sexual pleasure better. Now, I'm not saying those aren't 
women's health needs. But doesn't that sound exactly like a man's version of what a women's health need is versus finding breast cancer early or developing new devices to, to track women's health issues that could be pertinent over the long term across yeah. multiple people? When you consider that it's a company that we're, we're less than 40% of total employees are women, where where uh, there's very little female influence on the board, and where only three of twelve management are women, including and I've never seen this before. One of the actually the women listed as management at this company, and again there aren't many, is a woman named Monica Aguirre, who is called the chief of staff. And I looked it up. Really, she's she's the chief she's the chief executive <laughs> she's assistant. She's the executive assistant. She's the assistant to the CEO. And I don't. I, and I've never seen this before, but. But I mean, it, there are there's a scarcity of women well, at if this company, you, an uncomfortable scarcity of women. If you are women. dipping into the executive assistant pool and calling them named executive officers or leadership on your website, that means yeah. you don't have any women in leadership exactly. and you know how that looks. So in 2017, McMillan and the board pays $1.65 billion for Sinosher to pivot into sort of... Uh, women, what, what a male view of female aesthetics. And I'm mm -hmm. not, again, I'm not saying that these aren't n procedures that people should or could have done, but I'm saying you, you're pivoting the company with this purchase. 1.65 billion is not nothing. In 2018, Sinosher actually, one of their products is cited by the FDA as a risk. Uh -huh. McMillan in that year pays himself $42 million, the most mm -hmm. in any single year that he ever gets paid. The pay committee that year is Crawford, Garrett, and Hansen, all of whom are still on the board and Nawana who's stepping down this year. The yep. whole pay committee is exactly the same for the most part. By 2019, because of the FDA citing them as a risk, because they can't synergize these two companies... McMillan and the board sell Sinosher for $205 million. He lost $1.4 billion in two years trying to pivot the company into something it had no business doing because there was no innovation at the company. They have no engineers, no PhDs, no doctors. They don't have women at the company, for Christ's sake. They don't have anything. Yeah. So this is the background of a company yeah. where 52% of the board members are connected to one another just through other boards. Forget nonprofits. It's nearly 100% when you consider nonprofits and other things. They're a middle of, of the, um, they, they, their CEO is effectively a monarch. They're 100% um, of the influence is CEOs and, um, and uh, connected individuals. And they have no other similarities except that they love paying their CEOs and they all know him. Yeah, Which, I was going to say, I mean, let's not forget the background here. Carl Icahn essentially takes over the company and, and puts in his people, starting with Stephen McMillan, and was given the mandate to remake the company in your image, basically. So it's no surprise that this is what Logic turned into. So that gets us to board recommendations. Let's yeah, talk come on, about let's get what to, to do. It. Let's do it. Because I think all you're looking to do here, um, there's two approaches. You need to de-ICAN this company, which mm -hmm. ICANN left in 2016. It's still the exact company he left. The culture Eight years later, never yeah. changed to a company that builds medical devices. It stayed a company that does marketing and sales, led by a man whose only vision is to sell more stuff, whatever stuff, it happens yeah. to be. To women. Mm -hmm. um, this, honestly is a 100% a 
a target for a potential activist because it's clear that there's potential. Maybe a stakeholder activist. Maybe we don't need any more shareholder activists. Um, If that activist was focused on un-eye-canning this this culture and refocusing on the science of women's health, that's where the value is, right? Sure. Over the long term, absolutely. This board does not actually have any history with women's health. There is not a single person who comes from Mm -hmm. women's health on this board. You're talking about an econ major uh, uh, with nonprofit backgrounds, applied econ, literature. You have a gym teacher. Hansen was a gym teacher before he joined this board, which is, yes, he's had a career working in, you know, medical, the medical field, but his background, and he got a certificate in being a gym teacher. And this yeah. is a, an S&P 500 company. This is a massive company. In fact, I'll say that the last two directors nominated to this board were two women, both nominated uh, in 2023. Uh, one is a managing director at, a, at an executive search and leadership firm and the other is the CEO of Mothers Against Drunk Driving and sits on the board of Penny Mac Mortgage. So to your point, I don't, I don't know where they're firing these people, but they have nothing to do with uh, medical devices made for women. So I think there's two approaches to consider with a board like this. One is a full activist, aggressive approach. In that approach, you would vote basically everyone off this board except sure. for the two new directors, Stuart and uh, Mahat Shama or Mahatshami. There are two newer directors, both women on this board, both people of color who just joined, regardless of their sort of affiliation they might have with McMillan. If you wanted to go full activist, this is a board that you'd you'd step in and you'd say this whole board should, needs to be replaced because you need to replace the executive management team. You need Mm -hmm. McMillan gone. The goal here is McMillan shouldn't be there and you shouldn't have the heads of every single division. None of them have any degree. They're not doctors. They don't know devices. They're not engineers. All of them are marketing execs who played in the like uh, college football or in the NFL. That is an absurdity on its face. The second approach is a phased approach. Because I think this board, it's hard to go out and vote against an entire board if you're an investor and you don't want to take an activist stake. But you can vote out at a bare minimum in year one, Crawford and Stimulus, who are the two longest tenured directors. Crawford's been on this board. She's the lead independent, and I'm using air quotes here, director. Mm -hmm. How can you be independent on a board that you've sat on for 17 years? Not to mention that the company, as I mentioned at the start, employs her stepson. Yes, this is not an independent director on it. Like mm-hmm. uh, you, this is an easy vote against because you, that's not independence. And Stimulus has been there since 2013, right? So we're talking about 11 years for Stimulus. These are the two longest tenured directors. They uh, were intimately involved in the ICANN takeover of this board. They oversaw the 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 change in culture. They oversaw the Sinosher uh, purchase and failure. If there's anybody you're going to hold accountable on the board for now what is a long track track record of mediocrity, um, then you can start there. In year two, you want to vote out Wendell and Garrett, who are the next longest tenured directors and also some of the most connected. And then in year three, Doc and Dorf and Hanson, the the remainder of the the, What about McMillan? What about voting McMillan out? 
voting McMillan out seems or like you just want the board. Do you want a new I board to them, come in and replace yeah, him? They need to replace him, right? Yes. Um, okay. In fact, right. and, and then there's a set of replacement skills you should have, which is focus sure. on MDs, PhDs for at least two of the directors. You need engineering and consider a government or military use for this because there's tremendous potential military contracts in vet hospitals that can use this, but there's no one on this board who's even close to that. Uh, okay, let's move on to the Seon Pavo uh, Hologic. Uh, to your point earlier, where we often see a lot of shareholder discontentment is not, for some reason, not targeted at directors, probably because they don't have, uh, they don't understand or want to or know how to evaluate director performance. But uh, so s sometimes you see that negative energy directed at Seon Pay, and that's what's happening here at Hologic. Every, the last three years, there's been at least 21% of the vote against Seon Pay. It has to be 100% vote uh, against. I mean, it's it's, and the vote isn't even for 2023 pay at this point because if you're voting on a one-year basis, you don't have a view of this company and the people on it. The yeah. McMillan has assembled one of the worst executive teams by skills and needs. They've made horrible acquisitions, and he's paid himself generously as part of that. In fact, the the pay committee is consistently people who he knows who he's worked with for decades consistently. And let me. And let me tell you what happens when this is the case, because my cursory analysis of, of pay at Hologic shows each and every year arbitrary uh, raises for all NEOs. Salaries just go up every year. Uh, targets, long-term equity grants go up. It, and again, it's all arbitrary, but year in and year out, they just get raises uh, for showing up. Um Anything else on Hologic or you want to wrap up the show? I mean, I, I, I think this is one of, honestly, the, the dive that we did on this company was felt, and this is, this is not analytical, but it felt like one of the grosser companies. Like if you want an example of how activism basically focuses on the short term, but trumpets itself as the long term, how uh, you can change a culture very, very quickly at a company and it results in the, their newest product, Biosorb, is being investigated by the FDA, right? Like, um, the, the, they haven't innovated at all. And they're out there talking about themselves in the most positive way about being focused on women's health. To me, the mismatch in reality and the, the conversation, it, it's one of the most egregious I've seen at any company. So I think you vote again. My instinct is you vote against everything, whether you phase it Just or say you do no. it now. Just say no to whole logic. That's the proxy countdown for the week of February 26, 2024. Join us next week when we jump back into the alternative democracy pool. Forever on the lookout for shareholder sharks, floating band-aids, and wayward directors. 